You're listening to Welcome back to another session of the Good Pop Culture Club. We're at episode 46. My name is Mervyn. You're joining me once again to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days. We have self-proclaimed professional Asian American Jess Jude. Hello. How's it going, Jess? Racism is not good, Marvin. So not good. That's uh, that's a newsflash. Attention, everybody. I, Racism. I not do good. feel like I'm in a little bit of a twilight zone because I feel like we went through this already, um, like last year, and then now again, and I'm like, you know, this is really something that you should go through once and then be like, realize that racism against anyone is bad. But I guess not. <laughs> I mean, racism is 24-7. It does not close. I just want to like start a farm and grow like turnips on a mountain. I, I want to start to value in real life, I guess, mm. is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> also joining us, culture editor Han Win. Hey, Han. Hi. You are free of TCA, right? Yes. I still have one other thing that's kind of oh, taking over my life, but... I am free of TCA, so there's or or are you gonna like look in the mirror today and like TCA will be looming in the reflection just forever? Following I mean, you. Yes, TCA is basically my time loop nightmare movie. Well, on today's episode of Good Pop, we're talking all about the new Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, but before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture has been getting us through the week. Um, and this week, there's only really one thing to talk about. So, um, Jess, Han, you two have decided to join forces in our planning doc for today's What's Poppin'. So, what's poppin'? Okay. Why is it, why would anyone care about anything but the Meghan, Harry, Oprah interview that dropped on CBS? This is the first time I've watched CBS Live in, I think, <laughs> like 15 years? And then I proceeded to go on Twitter for four straight hours consuming memes. And then I even downloaded TikTok because CBS was uploading like extra interview snippets like on Monday via TikTok. So I downloaded TikTok finally. That's what got me to download TikTok. And have you stayed on TikTok? Oh, it's a dangerous hole. I'm like kind of scared because <laughs> I started watching car cleaning videos and it was like really really entertaining and i really wanted to go clean my car it's like a if you gave a mouse a cookie thing but like a procrastination on productivity wow yeah yeah so personally i only knew about this interview through osmosis of being online but i guess it was a pretty big deal yeah i was very excited for it um and this is for a number of reasons um i i've never been a fan of the royals like i remember you know dating myself here but as a kid just wondering like why everyone cared about princess die and um and i remember everyone being excited about the wedding and i'm just like that's a damn ugly dress and you know <laughs> oh, also, you know and all this i know i know people are like whatever like i don't go to me for fashion advice by the way but um uh but it doesn't didn't stop my sort of like little fascination with some of those stories and being someone who is an anglophile when it comes to the stuff I consume means of course I have watched and learned a lot about British royalty um, being someone who reads 
Regency romances, I know the difference between Georgian and Regency and Victorian. And Regency is only a few number of years, by the way, because it's literally during the time when there's a Regency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I actually do follow a lot of that. I don't follow it for like the prurient reasons that maybe most people do. But when it came to this, I definitely did because I definitely started paying attention when it came to Megan. Markle joining the family, uh, the royal family, because of course she, number one, is American, and then number two is half black. And so I was very excited to see how the family would take her in, and uh, it went about as well as we expected. This interview was like <laughs> Peter Morgan is sitting somewhere crying because he's like, oh my God, this is better and more entertaining than the six, how many seasons of The Crown have there been? Mm-hmm. Four seasons of The Crown, and I also think it was, like, terrible timing for the royal family, you know, season four of The Crown with Diana, like, being introduced and, like, everyone remembering, like, how shitty they were then, and then they worked very hard the last 30 years to try to rehab it, and then it's just basically Diana part two, but even worse, and because racism, it's bad, don't do it. And also because Meghan Markle is not going to fucking take it. Like, she's just going to be like, all right, let's yeah. let's go. Let's go. Yeah. It's for some people who may not have been aware of Meghan Markle before the whole Harry thing or even before Sunday, you know, um, just to give a quick background, um, besides the fact that she was an actress and was on Suits. Um, Great show. Would yeah. recommend. <laughs> Yeah, enjoyable show. Part of USA's, you know, uh, blue sky sort of stuff. Um, But she also had, you know, dedicated a lot of her life for working for feminist causes, had a feminist blog, um, just has, has, you know, rescued dogs. So that type of stuff. She's always been some sort of person who gave back and like thought about bigger, you know, uh, social justice issues and so for her to marry a prince and go into the family uh, an ancient family where basically it's all about following the status quo <laughs> was very interesting to me and of course they silenced her almost immediately they t- they they basically made her stop her blog you know um and it as we found out in the in the interview, they took away her passport and her keys and all these other things where it's just like, what? That's stuff human traffickers do. That's like, like, yeah, that's some like North Korea shit. (laughs) Yeah. So part of me, I do have to say had a little bit of schadenfreude because I, I, I think while it's fun to watch these, you know, like princess diaries and Christmas prints and stuff like that, like I purely look at those as, 100% 100% fantasy but I think a lot of people do think of it as sort of wish fulfillment like oh this is the way it could be if I just you know married into the royal family and like I'm telling you this is not Genovia um, and monarchies are just really bad people so. I, also, yeah I mean and I think specifically the British monarchy and I, I'm like the opposite of you hon like I stayed up in college to watch William and Kate's wedding with my roommates live. Like it was 3 a.m. We watched it. Very boring. Royal weddings. Very, very boring. This one wasn't bad, though, I have to say. Um, there's Harry and Meghan's just because oh, yeah. their yeah. their preacher was fun. Yeah. But the but the like the cave well, like so boring. Um, but you know, we stayed up to watch it. And then it's also like, yeah, no, it 
Ooh, like number one, they're just like very attractive people. It's like this is the love story, right? Like the weird, ro- like the weird, like ro- romantic person in me who like loves the mushy, gushy stuff is all, is like, oh, this is like as like are you talking romantic about in real Harry life as and Megan or William? And Harry and Megan. Okay. Duh. Oh my god, no, he's like <laughs> cheating on her and shit. <laughs> well, I also have to say, Harry and Megan, you're. I think you're right. This is probably for me one of the more romantic ones because, first of all, I watched the Lifetime movie about oh the together. one with Camilla Luddington. Yes, <laughs> yes, I too watched that one. And then I also believe because he's not doing the Prince Albert thing, but he has left. The, being a senior royal so he has left his his basically his lifestyle for her and that for me is romantic because it's like i'm turning my back on like you know he, he didn't do it completely they made sure to very much always say oh whatever the bad things it wasn't the queen it wasn't who the said queen. It. i was like yeah 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 shoot ahead on the phone <laughs> but but it is still like i like i didn't know if i really cared for him that much but he's just grown in my eyes over the years just yes, because he, everything he is like even just like a general like if you take away the royalty he's a husband who stood up to his racist ass family for his wife and his kids i was like you know what respect dude and then she we're all like man she must really love you because i would have bounced like before the marriage before the kids started happens like no this i can't do this no like i'm a hot ass actress i fucking live in california um, you know, like life is good. I drink wine and I'm going to like throw it all away for like this terrible, constricted, overly <laughs> stuff like like that's love on both ends. She must I, really, really love him. I also have to say their lifestyle now is kind of like what I would define as a fairy tale because they have right? their own chicken coop. I want rescue chicken, the chickens <laughs> and like Oprah taking some of the eggs, the rescue dogs and um, Tyler Perry being your godmother, <laughs> saving you from the... This, oh my God, they have to do a Lifetime movie on this. There's probably a sequel. I mean, I think there's a sequel coming. They have to. Like, like everyone's going to rush to do this. Um, the one thing that maybe not so great that came out of this, but, you know, we know racism bad, um, was the fact that someone, one of the senior royals, uh, was asking about, you know, kind of contemplating, like, how dark is your son going to be? This is before the son Archie was born. The fact that they even mentioned it, I was very proud of them that they mentioned this in an interview because that's that's some dumb shit that even, like, you might even still keep under wraps about your own family. And I do have to say, although I didn't hear that exact sort of phrasing in my family, I know a lot of people were thinking it um, because uh, just... If I hadn't mentioned it before, but my nephew is half black. And so um, the skin color and all that stuff is always on their minds, the grandparents' minds. And so I'm not saying it was Charles who did it, but most everyone thinks it's Charles who said it. So um, I think it was yeah. all these, all the dudes. Like, let's be real. Like, yeah, Philip that- throws out casual, <clears throat> he throws out racist comments. Yeah, like, that whole family looks yeah. like they could play racist aunt or uncle in any, like, lifetime tv show right well it's the british royal family they can't britain like again like this is part of the twitter fun afterwards they're like you guys colonial undertones like y'all literally invented colonialism yes, like, yes. the british colonies this is why we yeah exactly that's why we call it colonialism yeah <laughs> because of you guys but 
fantastic interview so beautifully shot they're like in this beautiful house apparently some friend's house in la somewhere montecito maybe somewhere gorgeous backyard um makes me almost want to be like very pro capitalist like if i can get a backyard like that um oprah in full oprah force with her you know i think the the big quotable line was like were you silent or were you silenced and it's like oh oprah you so you're so good when you're good you're real good the yeah from top to bottom the interview was just done perfectly beautifully the fact that she even spoke to megan first without harry for a long ass time was like yep that's the way you do it because he's just a prince over there but he's basically just the husband here so you know it's like we need to talk to the woman who this is actually affecting the most and two black women are talking about something that he doesn't understand fully and something he acknowledges you know and so i was just like just everything was so well done and very artfully carefully done um it makes me almost wish for a discovery plus (laughs) subscription (laughs) because uh the rest of these interviews you know you know she's done super soul sunday on own but they're gonna be moving to uh discovery plus and so there was an um an ad for the upcoming season of super soul that oprah's gonna be doing and there's just a bunch of names and i'm like it's not gonna be as good as the megan interview but I'm still, I'm sold. I was like, we need one of these once a week from Oprah. Like, she should have interviewed, like, Bean Dad at the beginning of this year. She should have, like, like, called out those Mahjong white ladies. Just let Oprah interview everyone. She was so good. She, like, would not let them skirt around things. Like, they try to talk around, and she's like, okay, but what about you and your brother? I was like, Oprah! <laughs> yeah and and it's one of those things where it's like if you're not going to mention a name i'm still going to call attention to the fact that you haven't mentioned the name just so everyone is very well aware that you are protecting someone and you have to say it that that's what you're doing <laughs> so oh so good so anyway she, like never comes off as <sighs> too mean about it it's it's very oprah right like she's pointed she's not letting you get away with it but it, you never feel like she's bullying you so yeah. yeah so just good times um it's been a long time in coming and i think everyone really should acknowledge that oprah first of all it had to be oprah who did this and only oprah who could have done this i think yeah because Agreed. yeah it's just she's so perfect for it but also she has the empathy she's actually skillful um and she's has the power and the name and just think about like all the like all the british tabloids that have like torn down Megan and then we just get our one American, you know, <laughs> uh, media mogul to do an interview when it kind of like tears all of that down. So the Twitter memes about this interview. Great. Um, big fan of Philip is a corpse Twitter. You know, people just like you worried about what the baby looks like when you look like this. And it's just like Philip with like, like he's like literally bleeding from his eyes. It's a little scary. Um, there's also really great. This is such a great, this this is also one of the reasons why I downloaded TikTok. There's a TikTok where someone did a side by side comparison of Harry and William going through like a military obstacle course, like a training course. Oh. And Harry is like killing it. He's like literally climbing, like like he climbs up a rope unassisted, rings the bells, just like looking good. And then they cut to Will 
and there's the overlay of the My Heart Will Go On played by a recorder. And Will just like can't even like hang on. To, like he can't even walk on the balance beam. He has like handlers all around him. And I'm just like, oh, this is so good. And then Alex Yijung, who I follow on Twitter. I love him. He's a vulture writer, Asian American vulture writer. Amazing profiler. He had this one tweet that just like won everything. Um, he's like, wow, each son really got the hair they deserved. Oh, no. I was like, yep. Alex Yijung. So here's the thing. Everyone else can be super petty like that and I'll just enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, I'll send you more memes, Han. Yeah, I, I have about, a really I good collection. Say, I was about to say, I don't condone it, but please send me the links. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I feel like, so I had a What's Poppin', which was WandaVision's finale, but I mean, everyone knows about it. We've all been talking about it. It's good. It's great. Um, some critiques here and there, but overall, like they proved that a Marvel MCU can exist as a TV series and be really good. And... I mean, it's the train hasn't ended yet. Like they're gonna keep you on their subscription because Winter Soldier and the Falcons coming up next month, and after that is gonna be Loki and Ms. Marvel. So, you know, lots of good Marvel content to come. So, I don't think we need to speak more about that than we already did. Check out our episode on WandaVision a couple of weeks ago. But I think that'll do it for this week's What's Poppin', uh, the Harry and Megan interview edition. Uh, when we come back, we're talking all about Disney's newest film, Riot and the Last Dragon. Stick around. All right, I have a confession to make. I love good pop, but I also love snacks. Especially crunchy and savory ones, and especially, especially crunchy and savory snacks from Asia. That's why I'm so excited that the salted egg chips from our sponsor Urban's is now available in the United States. These are snacks that I used to resign myself to having once a year when I went to visit my relatives in Taiwan. But since we all got locked down this past year, I didn't get my fix. But those days are over. Irvin's is the original salted egg chip using real salted duck egg that's been brined for 30 days, then steam cooked and hand mixed into their chips. Then real salted duck egg yolks, fresh curry leaves and red peppers are diced right into the bag. That's right, Irvin's is a gourmet snack with all real food ingredients baked into the chip. They come in several varieties, including uh, potato chips, salmon skin chips, and cassava chips. And they also have a spicy variant, which is Southeast Asian spicy, so it really packs a punch. You can get yourself an order of Singapore's number one snack by going to eatirvins.com to order your chips today. As a special bonus for Good Pop Culture Club listeners, use the promo code Good Pop Culture Club, all caps, for free shipping on your order of Irvin's chips. That's eatirvins.com with promo code Good Pop Culture Club. Kathy? Kim? Steve? Where have you been? We haven't seen you for seven years. Has, has it been that long? Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, I was on a fishing boat. Training. It's part of the plan. Pla- what training? What plan? The, 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 the third season of the Korean Drama Podcast! Okay, we're doing this again? Okay, but there's no body switching in this one, right? No! The only thing we're switching is the fact that we're going to watch a good drama this time from 2020 called Itaewon Class, a story about starting a restaurant and a dish that Koreans love called Revenge. I thought you were going to say kimchi jjigae. I thought you were going to say juke. 
Those two. Koreans love those two. Listen to the Korean Drama Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Alright, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. Raya and the Last Dragon is the 59th feature film from Disney Studios, written by Queen Wynne and Adele Lim, and starring Kelly Marie Tran as Raya and Aquafina as the titular Last Dragon Sisu. Taking place in a fantasy world inspired by Southeast Asian folklore, Raya is a warrior princess who travels the land seeking to restore her destroyed world. A quick spoiler warning for uh, our discussion, we will be touching on light spoilers, but nothing that should inhibit your enjoyment of the film. If you do care about going to this film cold, what are you doing here? Uh, go watch the movie um, now and then come back and listen to our discussion. Um, Han, since you are our <laughs> resident Southeast Asian on this podcast, I think we should defer to you to um, give us your first thoughts on what did you think of Riot and the Last Dragon? Yes, um, finally, uh, besides the House of Ho, I can talk about being Southeast Asian. <laughs> um, so overall, I very much enjoyed it. I think, first of all, it's just gorgeous. Like those opening shots when they're going over the the history of uh, Kumandra, but also just when she's in the world and it looks like a, like a Western. Everything is gorgeous. I think the world building as far as like what you see is great. Um, I like the general structure of the movie where it's kind of like Avengers style where the, you're pulling in um, different members of your team. So it's kind of like a heist. Kind of fell short of being a heist movie. I thought it was, I was very excited for it to be a heist movie. Didn't quite get there. Um, I really liked um, Raya herself. Kelly Marie Tran did a great job with her voice. Um, and so, and I loved looking at all the different types of people in this um it's 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 one of those things where i think people just don't realize how much of the same that they see <laughs> until you finally get some variation and and it, and and it, that goes even for like you know just one type of asian so that was great i think there are a few things that you know we can dig into a little bit more later this is a sort of a a sort of a fantasy mashup of what Southeast Asianness is. And so while there's some fun things in there like that are very clearly like, oh, there's water buffalo. So I thought I thought that was great. And the food looked very specific, but there are other things that kind of blurred together that, you know, I understand why there might be some um it created sort of a weird sort of feeling in me where I'm just like, I kind of wish to do a bit more specificity. But other <laughs> than that, I I liked it enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can make a film like this at this point in time and not have the rep sweats, right? Like, is this going to be able to represent everything and should it? But, I mean, let's take a moment and just appreciate the fact that this movie exists at all. I mean, it was greenlit in 2018, right? So was it following the Crazy Rich Asians hubbub or probably at the same time? I'm sure it was started. I mean, animation timelines are usually five years of total development so if it came out and it was scheduled to come out in 2020 so i actually think it was might have been greenlit beforehand so maybe in like right. 2015 2016. so that makes it even more amazing because it got greenlit at a time when 
Asian stories weren't getting greenlit, right? We didn't get the whole, like, the big surge of Asian stories until recently, right? I think, I mean, would you align with Fresh Off the Boat then, or? Yeah, it would be it would be after, I think. Fresh yeah. Off the Boat has been out f- six to seven years by now. So, yeah, right. I think. So, I mean, one has to assume that whoever is pushing stories at Disney saw the trends. Okay, we need to start getting some more diverse stories, right? So they, that's, you know, recently uh... we've gotten, like, Moana, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want, I want to, like, yeah, I think they did, a, <laughs> like, the pro, end product is great, but it's also, like, very standard in animation to, like, pull stories or create worlds based around other cultures and, like, overlay a story. Like, Emperor's New Groove has nothing to do with <laughs> being guess. in Peru. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Mu, you know, we got Mulan in, like, 2000. I mean, 1998, 7, 1997, I guess. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm giving the mouse too much credit, but I think the fact that not only did they decide to do an Asian story, but to do a Southeast Asian story, which is like not the first thing you think of when you do Asian stories. This could have very easily been an amalgamation of East Asian cultures, but they specifically went Southeast Asian. Yeah, I agree. I think in in a way, it I would have been more... I would have been less surprised if they had just done an Indian or South Asian story you know because i think a lot of people understand that there are east asians and they just call them asians and then there are indians but i think the southeast part is the thing that confuses people the most um i've definitely talked to a lot of my friends who like use the wrong you know identifier and stuff and so and 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 in writing too so i'm actually surprised that (laughs) this was a distinguishing you know characteristic that people are like oh wait will do that, you know? So um, good for them. That's the only thing I can say. That's why I'm like, I don't quibble too much. Um, I'm very satisfied. And especially, you know, when it comes to rep sweats, if it's the first sort of general foray into that um, realm, I'm very pleased with what's come out of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think my sense is that even if it started, you know, pre-2018, pre-Crazy Rich Asians, I think the conversation changed so much in like even the last three years when an animation uh, really kicks into production that it was, you know, it was like a good timing on, on, on that end where they kind of knew that they would be under the microscope a little bit more than they would have been in the past. And it's also such a crazy, like, I, I don't think people understand like the scope of a Disney animated princess movie. Like, do you, like that is as big as it gets in terms of cultural saturation and longevity because they're just not going to make this movie. They're going to make toys. It's going to be in the theme parks. It's going to, you know, probably get a TV show at some point. It's going to, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be there forever. So it's not even a blip on the radar. So the fact that, you know, number one, it didn't suck very happy just like as a movie it didn't suck <laughs> i thought it was one of the stronger movies from disney animation in a while um that being said i don't like the frozen movies so take take that as you will frozen had um, catchy songs i give him that the second one did not the second one had weird songs oh, I haven't watched and the there was one, like so. one where she's like oh my sister's dead and oh no i'm like what is this movie <laughs> totally i'm so confused i like that one uh you like that my sister's <laughs> dead song yeah yeah i was like whoa they're totally going dark with this one so i thought that was great and then there was that sort of boy band song that i enjoy I, <laughs> oh, I do like the boy band 80s one that christoph sings but i i think overall disney has been pushing animation specifically has been pushing what a princess movie is what a anim- disney animated movie is which is what i appreciate 
And sometimes even with even if criticisms are valid, sometimes when I see them from like adults, I'm like, it's not from you. It's not for you. Like I was on Twitter and I think one of my friends was like, oh, a little predictable. And I'm like, it's a Disney movie. (laughs) Yes. I was just like, it's not for you, you know, and we can kind of criticize and critique it as much as we want. But it anything we say kind of almost doesn't matter if those little kids who like really this is intended for, if it hits them like in a way that Mulan hit me when I was a kid, I was like, forget everything I said. It's fine. Don't think about it. Yeah. I think the fact that it. It's the rep sweats, right? It's the fact that it's the only thing that we have of this type that's notable, right? Like I said, it's a Disney movie that I feel like the community is trying to make it something that it it was never meant to be. Yeah, I just hope they don't do Raya dirty like they did Mulan in 1998 because <laughs> they did not put her on things and she was not in shows. You know, I was, I think, in my 20s before I saw Mulan in the park. And then I realized there's like that one show in the corner where they stick all the ethnic princesses. <laughs> so I hope Raya does not get stuck with the ethnic princesses in the corner, even though they have really good food in that theater. Well, I mean, but, that was you know. kind of my my personal feeling watching is I wish like because the film itself is a little edgier than Disney movies typically are. Right. Like I know Disney movies are always about dead parents and orphans and all that that's you know pretty dark (laughs) um like thematically but this film takes place in a post-apocalypse dystopia right like yeah like environmental degradation (laughs) and um i mean how many skeletons did we see in this not not even stone people like the people who like just kind of cloistered and died and so much so much violence in this movie right way more than like a typical like typical disney movie like you have Prince fighting dragons or Prince Prince fighting evil prince or it's not like yeah, it's been getting there are really dark violent moments in the Disney films though like Gaston falls off a tower um Clayton and Tarzan hangs himself by accident it it gets pretty <laughs> fr- dark Frozen 2 had a uh indigenous slaughtering um <laughs> yes and the my sister is dead song (laughs) yes yes but i do have to agree that usually there's one very known enemy and this one had five warring nations well that and also the fact that there were like three to four action scenes throughout the film i think that's why i personally wished it leaned more into like the YA-ness that the story, I think, would live in naturally if it wasn't a disney property because it is about like that coming of age of like you know, young adults trying to figure shit out, right? Yeah, I, I, I see exactly where you're going because the thing is, traditionally, animated films in America is for the younger set. It is not like anime or anything that is meant for a slightly much more mature group. And so they could have dug into that and had better, you know, storylines when it comes to... But that is not what we get. <laughs> this, yeah, we get I mean, a Disney G-rated film. P- PG, PG, oh, yeah, that's right. PG-ish. Okay. Yeah, I just like Han said. There's like five nations in this world. They do so much world building, and I kind of wish it was a TV series so we had more time to like live in this world and get the backstories and get more of like Namari side of it, right? Because we get some of her pathos, but not enough. I need to like, I need to feel more of her like guilt and suffering to like feed my soul, you know. Well, from your lips to the Disney mouse's ears. I think a spin-off TV series can totally happen. 
you know, um, they're not going to rest with this. Obviously, there's going to be some sort of sequel. There's going to be some sort of short later on. I'm assuming, um, maybe with Con Baby. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marvin, you just triggered Marvin because Marvin hates the Con Baby. I don't well, hate look. Con Baby. I just didn't find the calm baby like it didn't do it for me it's not for you it's not for you it's for people like my mom who i watched this with and she would turn to me i swear to god every five minutes i like the baby the baby makes me laugh that's a cute baby i was like i don't like the baby i like the tuk tuk I tuk tuk's fine. You already have ride. a mask on in tuk tuk. Did you need con baby? You you also have great ongies. Um, yeah, the con baby. I don't. See, here's the thing. I don't like babies in general in movies, <laughs> especially animated babies, because animated babies are supposed to be more precious and therefore <laughs> they're, they're more freaky, annoying. Right? She was a little freaky, right? Um, but again, they're not for us. Uh, <laughs> I would rather it have been an animal, um, like the cat in Soul. I get that. Um, the con baby is supposed to be that for, for, you know, kids and moms, I guess. But yeah, I don't get, I don't get it, but not for us. <laughs> Who did I like? I really liked, um, what's his name? Boone? Boone. 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 Boone's great. Voiced by Isaac Wong. Great. The, the little boat captain chef. Oh my God. All his food looked so good. I really wanted porridge after the, watching <laughs> the movie. Um, it's, it's, it is like a very... I think it's become like the calling card of like Asian things, like a lot of food, a lot of food scenes. So the food scenes and the food metaphor, I think low hanging fruit, but very effective. So, you know, there's an early scene where her dad or her ba is making like soup as a metaphor. And we love Asians love soup. Like, yeah. don't care where in Asia you're from. You love soup. I mean, I, I, I can have soup for anything. And I'm a, I, I've been wanting to do like a soups of the world, like blog or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I I also think you know I mean that's the funny thing where they clearly don't mention like which Southeast Asian thing is which but like that's some sort of tum yum soup right that that's the the Thai soup that doesn't have the coconut milk in it yes yes but and, um, uh, I'm so sad because in a real in a regular non pandemic life we all would have watched this movie mm-hmm. at some like midnight weird Asian premiere thing. And then we all would have gone to like Hollywood and mm-hmm. like gotten some Thai food at, at um, shit was the place that's open all the time. And there's like cash only. That's like every great Thai restaurant in LA. But yeah. I was about to say that's all of them. Right. The one in the plaza with the dessert. <laughs> I know what you're talking cross. about. I don't know. I, the it's, yellow it's just, one. You it's know the what Thai I mean. restaurant we go to at late night. Yeah. Right. We would have yeah. gotten like some soup. Is it pork it gang? Crispy pork gang? No. Sop. <laughs> No, um, stop's not openly. Um, it's and I'm not even talking about love to eat. I'm talking about like right. The OG oh no, one. I know. Yeah, I knew when you, you know made Thai talking. Yes. <laughs> um, I also am very very happy because I'm a huge fan of congee or porridge or in Vietnamese chow, and it's something that doesn't seem very uh, glamorous as a food, but I love that that it, that this was Boone's like basically signature dish um so i am actually gonna probably make that at some time soon <laughs> i mean it's a staple and i love that they call it kanji and not porridge right you know there's gonna be once disneyland reopens in like what april which is yes neither here nor there bad idea in my opinion <laughs> but there's gonna yeah, be like, that like sounds a south- too early <laughs> <laughs> how much do i bet there's gonna be a little tuk tuk themed restaurant there's gonna be a tuk tuk themed st- food stand they're gonna sell really bad dried out spring rolls 
And um, yeah, I I because I've been to these Disney like ethnic stalls before. I got mm-hmm. boba from Cure Curios Sheer Curiosity once. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is this is not good. <laughs> they do the uh, Lunar New Year menu also um, at Disney, but I've never been invited, which I thought was very weird. I, I have gone to the Lo- California Adventure Lunar New Year like celebrations. Is <laughs> is not good. <laughs> yeah. The food is not good. I mean, but... But it's the one time in the year Mulan is front and center of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I saw Mulan at the... Chi- the first time I saw her, like, the character in person. Not her, but not really, I know. But the first time I saw Mulan as a character was actually at the Epcot. She was hanging around China Pavilion. I was oh. like, oh my God, it's Mulan. I had a good time. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I think... Yes, we Asians do like food, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's featured so much in these movies. But I think the other thing is to normalize it to these white folk because, you know, we need to, you know, make sure, like, they know that this is something desirable. Um, And we're not going to dumb it down. We're going to call it kanji, you know. And the soup, they didn't even really describe, but they just kind of just talked about the ingredients. So I I, I really dug that. yeah, I mean, for better or worse, that's the power of a like numbered Disney movie, right? Disney animated movie is it is a cultural touchstone for like literally a generation. We all remember our first Disney movie. Mine was Bambi. Oh, you okay? Well, I was a kid, so I don't think I understood it. <laughs> Mine was Pocahontas, and I had to oh. unlearn a lot of that. <laughs> I don't Con remember. Con is like cringing. Mm. I don't remember mine, but I'm assuming it's one of the classic princess movies. And um, I do remember that I hated Snow White, um, but I kind of liked, I think I liked Cinderella because of the, the mice. Mm. And I didn't like Sleeping Beauty because I didn't like her. She was just so, I don't know. Sleeping Beauty she was a little gets scary. She like 16 lines in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like, th- it was just creepy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, I didn't like those traditional princesses. I mean, Jess, you mentioned that you think that this is one of the most successful or cohesive Disney animated movies. Like, what did you mean by that? Uh, I think the story is just very tight. It It's a very interesting I mean, it's still obviously a formula because it's Disney, but this is a very different way of telling that Disney story. Again, there's no main villain. The the villain is dis, is like distrust, right? And someone with trust issues um, definitely felt that. I love a good uh, teen chosen family story. And I was kind of surprised at how emotional I got from this movie. The beats, I think the emotional beats, because... Because we, you know, we joke about the dead parent thing a lot. And, you know, the more and more I think about it, most animated movies aims at kids, there's an element of that. Before, it was just not talked about. It was just like the situation that was like... It's a setup, They're right? missing a parent yeah. or their parent, you, they lose a parent and that's a setup, but they don't really deal with it. And like in the most recent string of movies, like that is the central theme that they're exploring, right? From Moana, who loses her grandma... To and that's a part of that movie to Frozen, which is all about like grief and especially the second one where they're trying to learn about their parents. Um, and this was especially in the context of them, they finished this movie during quarantine, they fit in their separate houses. I think that definitely leaked in, and it's it's <laughs> it's almost eerie how many parallels there are in real out in reality <laughs> and about losing loved ones and. 
you know, not trusting one another and fragmented society. Yeah. And I, I think Queen and Queen Adele just somehow like strung all those themes together and a story, a character that made a lot of sense to me and that paid off, right? Her ultimate sacrifice, spoiler, her ultimate sacrifice and the lessons she's learned um, to trust people. I was like, I would not have been able to do that. <laughs> the world would have ended. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just a cynical adult. I just had my 37th birthday, so I'm old now. Um, but I was like, I would not have forgiven her that easily. Or at least I want to see her like repent more or like more. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like petty. I was like, why should you? <laughs> but that's why we're not good people. We're not the hero <laughs> of a Disney movie, Marvin. I mean, or they could have basically built that part out a little bit more. Because I agree. I don't know if it's just distrust, but I think it was just like they didn't earn it back enough. Yeah. <laughs> so- Let's con baby more guilt pathos yeah that's that's (laughs) but i think that almost magnifies raya's choice yeah her her sacrifice that's so structurally right the bigger the sacrifice the bigger reward if there was reasons to like obvious reasons to forgive namari it wouldn't have been that big of a deal right you'd be like oh yeah you 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 made yeah yeah you you cool we're cool now (laughs) here you go but you know that's i think where a lot of that and I will say I am enjoying the internet's um, simping for Namari. It's very fun to read. Oh, they're totally gay for each other, right? Like coded <laughs> queer. I mean, that undercut, like, whew. According to <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran, yes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad she just said that because the thing is, it's going to go on without, you know, anyone else's opinion to the contrary. Um, yeah, I'm very happy with that. I I maybe hey maybe there's a sequel where they're kind of coded as like cohabitating who knows but they're just um, good friends very good <laughs> friends who live together um, I I did appreciate the fact that I think Jesse mentioned that there's no prince in this entire story right if anything the closest thing to a prince is Namari right and you have you know two princesses who are just badass like they they're fighters they're warrior princesses and like they're also the way they animate, like they're they're like they're pretty buff. Like they're Oh, Namari Swole. Like she <laughs> she rocks that halter. Um and I yeah, I like the fact that I think this movie a hundred percent passes Bechdel test. There's oh, no yeah. oh god. There's no like romantic man in sight, right? None of them are set up in in any way. They totally don't even entertain that idea, which I appreciate. Yeah, there's no romance and at all besides like the no flirtatious dialogue and Raya, between the that's fights. sexual <laughs> tension. Yeah, and I have to say, along with that sexual tension is the other another aspect that I really enjoyed about this, which was the actual martial arts. Woo! <laughs> um the there's actual choreography. I like the martial arts. Uh, yes, it's um Southeast Asian influence, so um <clears throat> Uh, Raya has like she she fights with a couple things that you know we see you know two sticks but then we also see her with something like a sword that also changes into a chain um, her 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 father also has that same thing I mean just and the fighting is on point because it's um, totally different from the Mulan fighting which is more that wire work sort of style but this is more um, I guess terrestrial you know you can actually see people doing this yes there may be a bit more acrobatic than perhaps 
a normal whatever teenager might have been, but maybe not. Like these are all seem very believable types of moves, and it's the kind of martial arts that I've been kind of hungry for for quite a while. Um, you can actually sort of feel and see the impact and them them blocking, and you can hear things. It's just I love it so much, <laughs> and there's plenty of scenes. I would pay a lot of money for like a Raya the Raid crossover. <laughs> Do you think that can happen, Han? Yes. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen these um, original like artist sketches going around of Raya's character design, like before they like mm. Disney fight her? I mean, originally she, her grown up self was supposed to have scars. I'm like, <gasps> that would have been hot. Dark. Yeah. Uh. Like, <laughs> I mean, she was supposed to have like a, a scar across her nose and across her eye, like. Oh, oh that's like, pretty badass. Like, she sees some shit scars, you know. I yeah. love that. Oh my and, god. And, and in that Disney way, I think you know, always technically beautiful, like the textures of the you know Sisu's fur and the the all the fur, all the different fabrics depending on the land creation was very cool. We talk about world building. We haven't just... talked a lot about Sisu. <gasps> yes, played by Aquafina. We... Yeah. Can... Okay. So let me just tell you. <laughs> My my boss, uh, this white lady, she she watched it this weekend, and you know we're talking about casting, and you know, yes, East, a lot of East Asians are voice cast, and so that was kind of an issue as far as you know a bone of contention, let's say when you we wanted to represent more Southeast Asian, um, but. Having said that, um, and also my predilection for wanting voice actresses and actors uh, actors to play these, I do have to say Aquafina did an amazing job as Sisu because not only did she give this dragon so much personality, but it cl- uh, she clearly had put her stamp on it, um, the character design so much that they basically made not only the dragon look like her but also move and act like her it was great and then so my boss she was like the one thing she was like her fur looks so soft and i was just like yeah i was like yeah, welcome to a- her. yeah welcome to asian dragons you know where you can actually hug and touch these dragons and they're not scaly and trying to kill you i love that she was an asian dragon too like totally an asian dragon and very <laughs> vietnamese too in many ways um the, I, I know a lot of asian folklore does this well i mean most folklore does but like asian folklore folklore does this a lot but um i know in vietnamese uh mythology there's a lot of sort of like people uh like anthropomorphizing these animals or their animals that become people or people that become animals and vice versa so um well, I mean, uh, aren't Sisu our emperors literally supposed to be descended from dragons? Yes. Isn't, isn't that the legend? Yeah. There's a whole song, like Descendants of the Dragons, Marvin. <laughs> yeah. Where people like to sing. I think, uh, I'm trying to think in Vietnamese mythology, I think we're partly crane. Um, but oh. I, I have to double check that. Like, or, well, actually, dragon from the sea and then a moon goddess, I think, who is also a crane. But anyway, is that what, what Long Tuan Lin means? I just got that right now. <laughs> Descendant of the dragon? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very popular pop song, like in Chinese. <laughs> All right, Jess, in the canon of Disney dragons, where does Sisu rank? Between, like, is, is the competition Sisu or Mushu? There aren't that many dragons. I think I there's guess. dragons that don't have names. Pete the dragon? Maleficent, does that is, count? Is, <laughs> Ma- Disney, yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of realized character, I know people really love Mushu, and I, I mean, he definitely makes the movie fun, but I 
kind of was like, oh, this is totally showing my type A personality. I was like really annoyed with Mushu because he just like fucks shit up for Mulan at like every point, even though he doesn't help say the day I mean, at the end. Arguably, so like, does Sisu fuck shit yeah. up for Raya. Sisu. No, no. Raya she can't, well, she can't do it without Sisu. <laughs> yeah, she can't do it without Sisu at all. And Sisu, um, shit like Sisu has some of the funniest lines in the movie the the group project one is really good I really <laughs> enjoyed that one and then you know like Aquafina just like actually a really wonderful actor in this did the weird levity moments but could also do like a really gr- like really dramatic grounded performance of like she's a okay she's a dragon talking about how her brothers and sisters all died fighting like weird spirits and you felt it i was like that's good you were very good in this movie yes she made me feel i have to she say she made you yeah. feel right yeah. and it's um <laughs> and it's just so weird because i'm like yeah i'm talking about a dragon voiced by aquina but when she's talking about me she's she's the theme embodied right so if you do not believe her and the argument that she's trying to make about trusting people and giving people the benefit of the doubt, then this movie will not work. It just won't. And then Raya will just be, I do like Raya's angry girl tendencies though. It's a nice dynamic. Those two, but less, but no one's that annoying. Yeah. Kelly Marie Tran really brought her like almost like Han Solo-ness to it, right? Like a happy-go-lucky, but also like deeply cynical adventure i mean she's seen shit kelly marie trans seen <laughs> mm-hmm. shit i'm sure she's bringing that to the role as well i uh, think she does a really good interview from rebecca sun in the hollywood reporter where she basically she that what they talked about she added a lot of her own um insights into the character i think some of the lines were just her in the booth which i'm like you should get a writing credit for this girl <laughs> i mean we're one year removed from the last event that jess went to which was the red carpet premiere of Mulan, Mulan the live action. live action. I mean, I'm almost upset that we didn't get an actual real-life red carpet premiere for this movie because... Mm, yeah. Raya would have been beautiful on a big screen. Uh, and just <laughs> like, people. you know, we, we've seen pictures now of the virtual red carpet and then Kelly Marie Tran brought the fashion. Yeah. Oh, she looks so good. She's been... Oh my God, her her red carpet... Even, even before the... Han, what do you call the dress with the correct pronunciations? Aozai. Yeah, even before the Aozai, um, you know, she was wearing really cool stuff. Like, fall, I follow, like, the fashion blogs. Yeah. <laughs> and she does not rest on her, like, laurels. And I think she always tries to bring, like, light to Asian American designers. Yeah. We just don't deserve her. <laughs> we don't deserve her. <laughs> huh. Well, the last question I would ask you, too, is... Uh, is Raya good pop? Yes, I I think it's good pop. I paid for it, and I Whoa. think it's I think it's look. I got a screener, and I paid for it, so that tells you right there. Um, and part of that is because I really wanted my mom, who is on my Disney account, to watch it, and um, she she also may not get any of the things that we're talking about, you know, in her viewing of it. But I think she will see enough in there that she will appreciate, and um. And I think my mother is one of those people who doesn't realize how so much of her um, tastes have been f- shaped by Western 
um, films and and literature and things like that until she sees the stuff that she likes. Obviously, she watches Asian stuff, but to see a Western um, studio create something like this, I think will make an impact on her. Yeah, I mean, it's good pop in that representation-wise, it is a win. Now, we can talk about the the casting and some of the, the sanded-out edges, but like overall, it's a really well-done piece of culture that was written by like by us for us right essentially and i think out of a, a lot of disney's like past um efforts to create more diverse content this was probably one of their most successful ones right yeah i i think it's very enjoyable and anyone who doesn't get any of that stuff will still enjoy it yeah and that's what i say like look we can have all these conversations you know literally i make my living out of it haunt to an extent as well as a culture editor marvin like we are always swimming in it well just you, there... you actually have a credit on this film I do. Maybe I should disclaim that at the top. I I did help. Uh, we me through through my job. We helped consult, but it was very nice. I mean, I I I exist in the Disney record now. My name is officially on our credit. If you watch all the way to the very end, it's in the special thanks section. Right? It's in the special thanks right before the production babies, which is like I was told my mom watched with my mom told my mom my name was in it. She was like you know the most Asian mom thing. She's like, where is it? Where is it? It's still not still not here. Watches this late. <laughs> Really? Like, what's the point at this? I was like, wow, you can never please her. But, you know, there's going to be there's going to be people who just don't care about this. And it's not their world. You know, they don't even know what rough sweats are, but they can watch this movie. They can understand a different culture. They can see that these people are, you know, people who look like Raya, who look like Namari and her father and Boone and Khan baby are human and maybe their kids will want to, you know, dress up like them and think it's cool and want to try this soup that has all these ingredients from Kumandra. And that is really the insidious but also hopeful part of pop culture, right? The Trojan horse of all these messages <laughs> we slip in and what we infer when we're not realizing it. So I think Raya just being a great piece of storytelling is probably the strongest tool that it has to live forever and do good in the world <laughs> yeah riot and the last dragon is streaming now on disney plus premiere access so you do have to pay or you can wait till july but you, you know what it's worth it pay for it yeah it's pay for it you can watch as many times as you want you can re you can fast forward to where my name comes up <laughs> <laughs> Take a yeah. screenshot and then, you know, put it on Instagram and then uh, tag Jess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely check it out. Um, I'm excited for the inevitable, like, theater revival of this when we get out of quarantine because I definitely need to see this. I watched it on a laptop screen. Not the best option to view a Disney animated movie. So I'm really looking forward to watching it on the big screen. Like, I would pay money to go watch it. And yes. Okay. Well, when that happens, we're gonna all go watch it, and then we're gonna go to that one Thai restaurant <laughs> no one can remember the name of. We're gonna forget to bring cash because we haven't left the house in like a year, and then we'll eat like a communal pot of soup after we're all fully vaccinated. I love it. It's a plan. <laughs> okay. On just thank you so much for joining us to talk about Riot and the Last Dragon. If people want to follow you on social media, where can they go? I'm on Twitter at JustJewTweets. And I am at Hanonymous. 
You can find me on Twitter at Marvin Yuet. You can find our show at Good Pop Club and check out past episodes at goodpop.club. Uh, we're a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-hosted podcasts. Um, learn more about our fellow shows at podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Good Pop Culture Club. Thank you for joining us once again to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. We're still here and we're going strong. It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app.